0: Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster.
1: Hello, this is Brooke Skinner Ricketts. I'm president and co-founder of Beyond Barriers. I'm so excited to introduce you to our friend Daphne Kiss. Serial founder, funder, global technology influencer, mom, and mentor to so many. Daphne currently serves as CEO of World Quant University, the leader in global education for data scientists. WQU delivers entirely free online programs that expand access to studies and credentials in data sciences. With its MSC program in financial engineering and applied data science lab, WQU serves and connects more than 10,000 students in over 100 countries. A dynamic entrepreneur, KISS has been at the forefront of identifying, chronicling, and transforming trends in technology, education, and business for decades. Passionate about global entrepreneurship opportunities especially for women. KISS regularly mentors female founders and serves on the advisory boards of the Quorum Initiative and MindShift Capital. One of my favorite things she shared was the advice to make new mistakes and get to know your boundaries to formulate and understand your risk profile. I walked away with so many gems from this conversation and I hope you do too have a listen. I would love to start. And if you could just share a little bit, one, introduce yourself and what you've, you know, some things that you've learned in your journey, maybe lead with one key lesson learned, and then share a little Mm -hmm. bit about your story.
2: Sure. Um, Uh, My name is Daphne Kiss. I'm currently the CEO of World Quant University, a global nonprofit that's focused on the data sciences and providing cost-free programs in financial engineering, a master's degree, and data science credentials to uh, about 10,000 students around the world in nearly 100 countries. And we've been at this work for about seven years, and our master's degree is fully accredited, and it's been a long and very Fascinating journey. So, um, uh, my background is—I uh, I think that I'm—I'm—I'm um, I'm, I'm, myself an immigrant. I'm the child of immigrants. I think that in coming to the United States, there was certainly some. Just immediate embrace of the American dream and the idea of individual choice and being able to. Uh, it was also the times in which I grew up. So, but the idea that you could you could uh, create a path and fill it. I mean, my mother, who was a fabulous person, was my my hero, and you know, uh, early on, uh, said that it's important in life to have a career that gives you satisfaction and engages you. Uh, okay. it was never about money and it was, but it was, and it wasn't about a husband you know, it was about, uh, you and your sense of self. And I would say that that, that has probably been the guiding principle. Like it's kind of, I mean, I know people say these days, you know, if it's, uh, Uh, if it's not fun, I don't want to do it. So it's not like I spent a career looking for fun, but I think I've been driven by finding meaning in it. And if it doesn't, then it's a kind of signal that it's time to move on. So I would say that's one of the life lessons, probably the biggest one. Uh, I also was the beneficiary of of a, a college education at a place called Hampshire College, where basically early on, the uh, what then became the sort of male tech mantra of, you know, um, if you fail, just try again, right? Like, yeah. like, make mistakes and then beg for forgiveness, you know, whatever, $100 million later. Mm-hmm. Um, not at that scale. But certainly, uh, m- my college experience told me to try cool and keep trying. And then you find solutions eventually. And so um, and that yeah, and that you have to take risks, right? And 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 understand how much risk you're willing to take. I think that's a really, really important identity feature. <laughs> to yeah. just, for whatever reason, by you know nature, by the nurture of a whatever, e- either because you lived in a very risk adverse environment and it's make you makes you very you know break out from that, or because. You've, you know, grown up in an entrepreneurial home where you have all those tools, whatever it may be. But even beyond that, I think just personally mm-hmm. understanding, you know, I think we live in a world of like so much anxiety, et cetera. But I think that people understanding their own boundaries as it's put, but really, what's your boundaries? It's like how far you're willing to go, right? like and and that's a measure. Uh, we we use that word risk all the time, right? But it really, I didn't really appreciate it until I started working being supported by this financial institution. I mean, I did in terms of venture capital and so on, but it's so codified there that you almost lose, it takes on an abstraction. It's not really meaningful in terms of your own reflection. And so uh, I think that's just very, very important. Uh, And it doesn't mean you shouldn't take risks beyond your comfort zone. It's just you know, like, what's your ground zero? Mm-hmm. I think is really really important to know yeah. um and and I, I you know i I wish I'd known that and understood that sooner honestly okay.
0: just um,
1: how would you how do you come to that uh realization or how'd you find yours
2: right? well, um i I you know I spent years working for other people and having jobs and learning skills and that was awesome and I, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way but I think that then came a time when I mean, I, I went to business school 10 years after I went to college and, you know, it was as vocational an endeavor as one could, you know, make. I was, uh, there weren't as many women doing, getting MBAs in those days, you know, and so, uh, and basically what I'd come to understand was that I'd been in the business world and there was a, a language that I knew and understood, but I didn't, um, I, I, it's like I went to get an MBA to learn the vocabulary. I knew the language, but I needed the vocabulary in a way. And so, um, or I'd experienced the language and I needed the vocabulary. And so, and that proved to be true. So, and and at that point, I think that I felt more empowered and, you know, spent my career basically in essentially, you know, small business, it's five, $10 million range, um, where, uh, i am I'm, I'm not the most patient person in the world and i think if i were in a deep court you know i i just i wouldn't be able to do it so certainly one experience is that working with partners and other relationships and it slows you down but i think the uh, agility really mattered to me it's like that we could have ideas and we could try them and we could innovate and that's and and learn from it and uh my old uh business partner and dear friend Esther Dyson. Her mantra always is, you know, always make new mistakes. Um good. Which is a great one. Um really a great one. And um um <coughs> the reality of course is we continue to make the same mistakes, but that as it may, it is it is a, a nice guiding principle. Right. So yeah. and I I certainly adhere to that that uh that idea. So cool. won't if you don't try. You know, when I, my kids were little and we would uh and every once in a while, you know, I'd be picking them up the school bus and I would and um on my work from home Tuesdays, which we can talk about, but um, and I would uh um I don't know, you know, see a there's a lottery ticket. Oh, it's a big, you know, and we would go and and I'd buy one and she'd always say, you know, not always once she understood, she she'd say, Why don't we buy 10? Right. And I was like, Either you're you can't Win if you don't play, but I I certainly don't believe in the probabilities of the lottery. So, but again, it's just it was like just you, you participated, so it was sort of like that was the lesson in a way, right? You can't if you're not participating, you can't you you can then you know um, make other choices, but you you again if you if you don't join, you won't know. So yeah, so that, was, that was and I never bought more than one lottery ticket at a time, just to be clear. So uh, did you ever win? Uh, I won $5 once. It was really exciting. Hey,
1: that's more than most people.
2: (laughs) I know it's true. I felt very, I was very, I was, I was taken with that. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's better Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love make new mistakes and you're right that we tend to make the same mistakes and I, I share your impatience. That's, um, and even in this startup world, it's funny, Nikki and I have to, you know, we say we help women go further faster. Um, and then we were with one of my dear friends who is also a founder and, you know, has had a number of amazing exits. And he was, he said to both of us, he said, you, you need to decouple your ambition from speed. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, oh. It was <laughs> such a good, but, you know, I was like, oh, well, that like, that makes sense, but, like, our line is go further faster, which is, n- like,
2: not doing the opposite, right? <laughs> so right, right. right. right you know? <laughs> well, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with him, but I also, um, I, I also think that, you know, and I think particularly for women, honestly, that, that, you know, you can have generations of people who are constantly, incrementally advancing and, and at some point, it's like, okay, I, I'm patient, but the tipping point is still too far in the future. And sure. so I have to create my own tipping point, as it were, yeah. Right, and just kind of, and, I, you know, I've, I've been around a lot of women founders. Um, and it is, uh, you know, you, you develop a huge amount of domain expertise that goes unused and unleveraged and unadvanced. And, and at some point, it is, it's a privilege to be able to say that you can uh, decouple your ambition from speed. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that's actually, unfortunately something that is as accessible to women as it is to men.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really, yeah. Exactly. I really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't succeeded for the record, but.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Impatience breeds change. You know what yeah, I mean? That's you're, right. Otherwise it's you're great. just, you, you, you know, you do your thing, you look up and it's five years later. Okay. That's right. No, and and you're still berating yourself for not, yeah. you know. So again, it's, obviously, all of this stuff is extremely circumstantial, sure, based on you know people's whatever capital they have, whatever they can afford to do, whatever their life responsibilities are. So it's it's not a, you know. I think the yeah, it's 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 intended to be empowering, not to like you know. Enough that's with like the patients that. already. You know? I know. <laughs> I
1: know, I know we always say that, Um, well, this, uh, the the data is it's going to take us 250 years at the current pace to close the gender gap for women. And like, we yeah. just, we don't have that kind of time, you know? So yes. that's why we're here. We're doing this work, right? Um,
2: and especially, right. And especially as we see today that it's two steps forward and, uh, you know, like one and three quarters, well, it's actually three steps. Maybe four, four steps so now back. Now you need to, right? You know, I mean, you gotta accelerate, so, yeah. uh, it's just... Uh, you know, I, I guess that you know the p- part of the point is that resistance has to be part of the equation and calculation. And I think that's, um, you know, people are afraid of change and they're they're uh, I always wonder about that, you know, people who hire like management consultants like did they do that because you know your <laughs> your bosses told you you had to do that or do people are people willing to receive? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what and again it's not just management consultants but you know what 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 people who have been brought in to be change agents Mm -hmm. will you listen (laughs) will you you know uh uh, come with a discerning view about what to embrace and what to reject and where or is your goal ultimately really because you just resist change right so
1: there's a lot of that
2: yeah and it's not aligned i mean that's the other thing of course is that you know we see this uh, with the university now. We're trying to forge partnerships, and I've talked to many corporates. You know, everybody can talk the talk that we don't just want to hire elites. You know, we don't just want it because our goal, of course, is great. We've got a master's degree. You know, the, the point is outcomes. We've created an opportunity. What are the outcomes? So the degree is one outcome, but to the extent that we have impact and access, you know, access to have impact, uh for these graduates to help them find places of employment, etc. And yet the resistance is still very high. Uh understandably, HR is not rewarded for right. taking risks and finding talent that um can turn out to be extraordinary, but uh, you know, didn't go to Princeton, okay. <laughs> or right. its equivalent, you know, or Oxford or whatever it is. Um and and um so I think alignment with a lot of is a big issue around all of these topics. You, you really want to know <laughs> <laughs> what your options are and then act on them. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, that that's great. I sit on the board of the University of Phoenix. It's a fascinating space. It's a really important space yeah. Um, yeah. and ed tech in general. I think with with the way things are shifting, but similarly, they're approaching the corporate world. You know, with with different different programming and different kinds of candidates, and um, we all we all have to wake up to that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have another podcast guest who's become a friend, uh, Jessica Gelman. She started the um, the uh, it's like the Sloan MIT conference in sports analytics. Um, and she talked about data as the great equalizer. So she talked about her experience being a woman in, in boardrooms. And I'd love to connect the two of you because I think I think you'd yeah have, that would be right. to I talk about. To. She's in Boston. Yeah. She's getting, she's a dynamo. Um, but uh, anyway, she talked about walking into a room where you're not the majority, uh, or where you have something really important to say, and always feeling sort of um, bolstered by the data that she had at her side, right, because it sort of can cut through a conversation. I'd love to hear just your experience, like, one, how would you fall in love with the space, right? <laughs> and then two, um, what you've seen in terms of the dynamics working with people maybe who aren't, as Monica likes to call them, pale and male from Yale, right? <laughs> um, like, I, male, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> what, wait, wait, and stale pale. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You could add that too. Yeah. Great. Right. Because there are pale and males that are not stale. This is true. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um,
0: just go on and on. Right? <laughs> um.
2: Uh, so, so um. I spent most of my career uh, publishing a monthly report on technology called release 1.0 yep. and, uh, and ran Truly, the preeminent conference in technology with with uh, with Esther, and um, you know, it was really a retreat. People came, well, the famous names you know, and and some alive, some have died. It was sad, sad to read about John Warnock last week, who was really, you know, just uh, really influential. But that th- that was our community, and then we had the monthly report, and then we had the conference, and there was a lot of crossover in that community. It was it was a fabulous time, I I wish I were. I hope, you know, um, that story gets better written because it was just an extraordinary time and people, you know, everything was about taking risks and trying new things. Right. And so then as things mature, you kind of, I think that analytics, you know, you get into realizing, okay, what, well, um, how do we know? <laughs> okay. Right. And we, you know, we had lots of old techniques, you know, of doing, subscription projections on, you know, if you were lucky in, you know, in Lotus. And so, you know, it's just um, and and so the ability to trust the data and be able to I, I mean, I, you know, it was like the days of statistics. Right. And now we have data science. So to the extent that statistics is two dimensional and data science is three dimensional the the urge to know more <laughs> kind of in a way drove me into most of this stuff and i and i'm uh, you know while i spent 35 years around technology i i'm not a technologist as my daughters will tell you every day of the week okay you, daughter, you know <laughs> help me with that. but um but i'm a huge believer in technology and the power of technology and so it's not for me it's the means not the end and so uh, you know similarly data science is the means not the end it's a way to understand i mean i like to say that that i think that um, i think that data science is 21st century sociology essentially mm. yeah you, that's great right? yeah, and, yeah and it's it's just you know if you think about in the past i mean sociologists they used a lot of statistical data they they had to both qualify and quantify their findings. And, um, and it's it those, you know, it's it's a message, actually, I really think so important, because to women, because Mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, you know, I think, I don't know, but I would imagine statistically in this day and age that women are disproportionately sociologists. And And so, you know, the idea that you can data science can be just another tool in the deeper, more dimensional understanding of what's going on and, and and that you can move the levers to see what different right. outcomes might be, you know. I mean, in some sense, that's what data science is now. The sort of AI yep. use is, you know, you're going into a level of uncertainty. I mean, but on the other hand, were all our inputs in the past so great either? Eh, right. <laughs> The, the one thing we do know is that there's a lot of bias in that, you know, the obvious conversation in that. I've recently connected with uh, great women at Women's World Banking. Of oh,
0: course.
2: You should, I'll yeah, introduce that you. That'd yeah, that'd be great. Um, Thanks. And, and uh, you know, they're very focused on obviously, you know, financial literacy, ec- economic empowerment for women around the world. They're like in 40 countries. And they have a data science team that's you know focused on AI and on bias and on what are the you know and I, that work is really really important. Um, so you know when I go back to something thinking about Hampshire College, you know the world words critical thinking skills were like the underpinning of ev- all the curriculum. Okay, and and again to their credit, they understood it was prescient that there was going to be too much data. And <laughs> so you know it's it's like. Uh, you need to understand the the inputs and the drivers, whether you're the person who can then, you know, manipulate it for the output or not without that critical knowledge, how would you, you know, and, and that's the thing I worry about, honestly, is that people, you know, math, people are born thinking quantitatively and then it's sort of taken out of them. Mm -hmm. And if you could sort of hold on to some of that probably genetic, you Know, I mean, you mean, look at little right. kids, they mean they know immediately that one has more than the other, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, right. it's of the basic quantity, yeah. right? Right. So, right? So, in some way, it's like, and then we suck it out of everybody with the mechanics, you know? Yeah, so, um, anyway, that's it. Yeah. so. I, I mean, in terms of data science, I think it's hugely empowering, um, and I think there's a, um, uh, you know, a feedback loop that, that if we know how to use it wisely can just have, it, it's, it, I guess I think that it's oriented towards solving problems. And yeah. that point, yeah. that it's there to help us solve problems. And, um, and we just need to learn how to drive it properly and, and, you know, build it in a way that, but again, it's not necessarily predictable. AI now sort of goes beyond and creates outcomes that we couldn't predict. So, that's important too, because right, to creative thinking anyway to be open to that. Totally, so, yeah. Totally. Cool. So cool. So that's that's kind of my love for it. And I do. Yeah, think no, it's great. for women, I do because I think women want to solve problems. I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, we right? see that. Every so night. you want the tools to solve. Yeah, problems. it's not. It's again, it's not for its own sake. It's as a means. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: Um, So one of the things that we work with uh, our members on is, and one of the hardest pieces of the puzzle, I think, for most of the women that we work with is clarity.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: understanding what my purpose is, what my goals are, not just under well, one, it's understanding and gaining clarity. And, you know, most of us know sort of what we're good at because other people tell us, but then aligning that with my purpose and then and then really telling that story. Right. Mm-hmm. Um And that, that sometimes one telling my own story, getting comfortable that I'm not bragging about myself, you know, that, I, <laughs> but then, but then also getting out there and and saying it for, for our own purposes. Right. Cause there's, it's, again, I means to an end. Um, I'd love to hear a, you know, what you would tell those women and b kind of how you, how, what that journey was like for you.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I, I while well, like agree with you. I think, you know, um, clarity is its own journey, right. To, um, De- develop clarity uh, and then achieve clarity. And then, um you know, and in some sense, one doesn't, I, 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 I like when you said it, I sort of had an initial reaction a little bit of like, hang on. Okay, this is a process. This is not. It did right?
1: you, yeah, it's a practice. We call it a practice,
2: right? Cause it- <laughs> it's exactly right. And yeah. so, you know, okay. it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it's one of the things women tend to do, of course, is, you know, as, as we know in employment, right? You You apply for the next job. Once you think you have the skills to be eligible right. for that job and men applied for a job based on their what they I think believe are their future capabilities.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So. Uh, so to that extent, uh, you know, I think sometimes the pursuit of clarity um, is 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 sort of counter. But it, and the pursuit of clarity is obviously the yeah. goal. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the judgment that comes with that as well, that women tend yeah. to make on themselves Um you know, it's okay to wander for a while in order to achieve clarity, right, or to approach clarity. Um, so, uh, I, I guess for me, it's been a journey, and I, I think that I'm, I'm, uh, I think that what I am is actually a really bigger believer in the process than the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so that that's what I would say. Okay, the the, the and that, um, I mean, there are constant outcomes and goals that you set, but in terms of you know. Um, feeling that that you've achieved is to me again it sort of brings back to it you know it should feel worthwhile when you're doing it okay uh and 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 while clarity in terms of it as a means to some greater goal makes sense um we're so driven by that overwhelmingly driven by that as a society that and and um and and sometimes it tends to sort of again it it, it becomes um um uh, well we don't want to wallow in the complexities of our lives and the circumstance of our lives um, the pursuit of it I just think it's more like a uh,
0: jagged totally. road yes totally. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah
2: and and honestly I mean candidly it comes with age too just right. like. Okay, this is not going to happen. So let's re-gear this way, yeah. um, you know, and not and to see that not as a compromise, but to see it as 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 part of the, just the life journey that you you, know, you can control to some degree, and not to others, as we know. You know, again, I think that you sort of. I mean, it's not a matter of age. You're around long enough that you you see things and you realize, whoa, this person was like, bang, and then they got some diagnoses or they got some, right. right, right. right. So, right. so, or, you know, they, they got pregnant and they live in a state where uh, they were kind of on the edge and now a major life decision has been made right. that they would have not necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me, made otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, uh, and partly, honestly, I'm, I'm the mother of two adult daughters and I see that and I see how, how, um, how overwhelmingly, you know, in the gen- this generation in particular of, of millennials and, and, and young adults is that it's, every, everybody feels like everything has to be so optimized all the time. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's it, it's the perfect stroller, okay? I spent 10 hours, I, yeah, my friends told me, but I still went and I booed And every decision from a, you know, the napkin the cloth napkin you're going to use at dinner to the stroller all become equal in terms of the intensity, because it's it's a, like a surrogate for having sort of a power over these decisions and so on. And we know scientifically that too many choices, you know, as Barry Schwartz and the Paradox of Choice taught us a long time ago, you know, people, what, what was his study? It was something like seven that the most jams you could offer, that was one of his, you know, if you gave people an infinite choice, they didn't know what to choose. They were at a loss. If you contain those choices to something that was achievable, people felt, uh, ironically, with less choice, felt that they had had more choice and more agency in those choices than having an infinite number of choices. So I think we suffer from that a little bit as yeah. well. And so sort of, again, the view perhaps of of coming to an outcome and clarity is yeah. um, it's overwhelming because it feels so like, well, I could do anything. Or, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, um, I, I think, I think it's, that's a really important perspective. I, we, you know, a lot of times we see it in response to the, the attitude of I'm just going to put my head down and work hard and wait to get tapped yeah, on the shoulder.
2: That's not, the, your, that's
1: not right, right. That doesn't, we like, so, so part of it is shaking that up. Right. And then yes. thinking about, okay, yeah. like, if you have your hands on the wheel of your career, right? What does success look like for you, right? And then, and maybe as you said, like maybe something else happens, but at least you're saying, like, is your your career
2: not just something that's happening to you, right? Like yeah, you got absolutely. you got a role in The agency, and we live in an age, and particularly as women, we need that. Right. We do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't mean to. I mean, I'm not, no, no, I'm no. Like I, disparaging achieving clarity. I just think that it's a, it's a very, very jagged journey. It and, is. And, yeah. and and I say that so that we respect ourselves because, right. you know, the concern is right. sometimes that in pursuit of that one becomes a sort of judging when you don't achieve the clarity or it doesn't happen in a, yeah. You know, what you've been educated to think would be entirely driven by you and, yeah. and, and, and and infinite in the options. That's so, right. That's
1: um, right. Cause, yeah. Because it's also, I mean, it like mix it up with the soup of per- perfectionism and imposter you yeah, know, and all yeah, dynamics, right? If I don't like, have the perfect vision of my career, then I'm not careering, right? And then, you know, and oh, I'm yeah, oh,
2: with oh. all the other jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just makes you want to lie down, you know, take a nap. Yes. I mean, just, again, I just think it's, you know, it's it's become so extreme in the other way. Right. And, you know, so for example, for me, I learned early on, and again, maybe that was my I, I imagine it was my disposition that I brought to my learning journey, but that I I like I said before, I needed to have sufficient control over what I was gonna be doing. Okay that I'm certainly learned early on to work in teams and, and value that so much, but that I needed to be a change agent. Okay. That I was, Oh, I'm always like, want to make it better. I want to, okay, here we see a weakness and, and uh, yeah, the universe, I have an extraordinarily committed smart team of people and who are, you know, mission driven as well and bring their best selves to the, to the, to the work. Um, and, and I think that that's, that to me is great. That's the way it should be. Okay. but I've And I've also learned that I just don't, I you know, I keep wanting to build things. That's what I like to do. I like to build things. I, you know, um, I didn't have Legos as a kid, but I, I think I still, if I had, I would have been, you know, certainly when my kids came around, it was, you know, let's buy more. I have a Um, a,
1: six-year-old son who uh, is very obsessed with Legos, and I find it very meditative to put them
2: together. Exactly, right? (laughs) The shit, the this, and this (laughs) constraint of this, I mean, the simple ones, you know, forget about all the accoutrements and the (laughs) stuff. But but just the basic form, that's right. Right, It's it's one of those things I used to be able to do for hours with them because it was just like, um, again, it's like, completely trying things out. Yeah. And, you know, um, so, um, yeah. So I, I think that, again, I learned early on about myself, that I am not a corporate type. I don't, I, whatever my value system is, whatever. I want access to all of that. But I like being on the outside and accessing it rather than, being, you know, in it in that way. That's, yeah. that's just my personality. And, and, and I've, you know, had, again, it's been a wavering journey, but I, I, I uh, uh, I'm i incredibly appreciative of that. And, you know, and I'm proud I created that. I did yeah. that. Right. So, uh, but, you know, talking about decades, right. So yeah, <laughs> I just think the, um, yeah. And again, it's what's your priorities at that point, you know, certainly, you know, being as economically insecure as, secure as possible rightfully is a huge, huge driver for most people, um, in a world that feels more insecure than ever. And, you know, particularly for Americans, I think that yeah. the idea that there's some safety net is like, you know, in an all time low. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, uh, you know, those are, we were talking, uh, there were some friends out on the weekend and, and, and young adults and, um, we were talking about all of this, and it's like the the, the extent to which, if you've been in the health the previous healthcare system, and you've lost so much, but you also realize how incredibly important it is, you know, um, and just that that people, t- you know, a smart organization gives really great health insurance. It is the best retention pl- policy you could have. one hundred percent. Okay, yes. um, and and have parity within that, all of those things, um, but it is really it is like it's like you know that, and obviously training and learning and development are critical to companies, but you know people don't want to move around; they want to grow within, it's, you know, they want to build their garden in one location. That's that's rightfully, um, yeah. otherwise everything's up in the air. So I, again, I I just think corporates that do that are. They're way way ahead of the game, and it should be uh, you know it's at the outset it should be part of whether to start up you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. as soon as you've raised the money the first thing is to get really, really good health insurance and you'll you'll retain people
0: that's so right. That's right. yeah
2: so you know kind of to the there's too many uncertainties otherwise and I think that's paralyzing understanding. Yeah. I so. And I also, look, I mean, in this day and age in the future of work and upskilling and reskilling and all those conversations, uh-huh. it's very hard to figure out how do you, I mean, you know, in quotation marks, how do you future proof what you're doing? Okay. If in fact the journey is, you know, whatever that stat was, you'll have 15 careers by the time you retire or blah, 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 you know. <laughs> It's like having, you know, too many jams to pick from, okay? It's like, how do you how do you sort of move forward uh, when, um, you know, and this is the big thing we promote at the university is that we're trying to teach you the skills that we know will be in demand for a long time, okay? And they're across industries. Well, certainly something like, in our case, financial engineering has been, you know, the financial services industry and investment industry has been, um, um, the beneficiary of that set of, you know, computer science, data science, financial management, the intersection of those skills, it's applicable in every industry. Okay, if you're the CFO, it doesn't mean you're gonna necessarily write in Python, but if somebody gives you a, a report that's been generated, you you want to understand what the inputs were, and you right. want to understand what led to this outcome. So that kind of those kinds of critical thinking thing and the the intersection of those I think is 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 one of the ways to sort of future proof as it were I mean I mean again it's just kind of a silly term in such an uncertain word but it world but um it's not about the job it's about the set of skills mm-hmm. and, uh that that is just more true than ever I mean you know and we see that again in in our master's program most of the stuff is it's highly collaborative people are Doing, you know, group projects together. We're always, uh, I always like to say, you know, in what world would a master student in Singapore be collaborating on a presentation with a master student in Senegal? No world, all right. And so here we are, bringing them together. And the feedback we've gotten is that that's one of the great outcomes, as people have become friends who would have never, you know, and. And are bringing, of course, their respective cultural perspective, etc. But it's it is very interesting to think about um, that being what the workplace demands, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, you have to have those those collaborative skills, those soft skills. I like to call them more durable skills, which yeah, is what right. they are. Right. Um, they are the ones that endure from the yeah. across the fifteen jobs you'll have. Mm-hmm. Sweet, um, yeah. and 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 the same is true for. Think critically, thinking about what you're doing.
0: Yeah, that's yeah.
2: what's transferable. You know, I mean, it, it isn't. It isn't even Python, and it's not R, right. and it's not right. You know, that's the way you think fun. about those tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: um yeah. No, I I call them power tools because because <laughs> I think soft power skills themselves. you know I think I feel that's like right.
2: That's right. It's really my, my uh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> And I plug um, in the batteries, depending this, on... Which you're, there you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> Solar battery, yeah, anyway. I'm um, <laughs> the battery and it works across the tools, right? Great.
0: There you go. There you go. <laughs> what if you knew exactly where to focus to go further, faster? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results and advance. Take the Beyond Barriers Momentum Metric Quiz to get a personalized report on the five C's. Core categories used to measure and accelerate success. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com slash quiz to get your report today.
1: You, You seem comfortable with risk. And it seems like that was sort of like, you know, I loved, like, I never thought about boundaries as, an outer edge. Usually we think about boundaries as like keeping other people up, right? Like it's something that's close to us, but there's mm-hmm. also a boundary in terms of how far you're willing to go, right? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I've had the experience in my career where I had to walk up to my line to know it was there, right? <laughs> in terms of, you know, yeah. certain industries I didn't want to work in or certain people or, you know, there are just lots of different different experiences. Mm-hmm. But how do you get, um, I would love to know just sort of your approach to risk, right? How do you get comfortable with it? How do you know what risks it takes? What are your filters? Because um, I mean, that's another thing, just candidly, we, we hear a lot of, Women struggling with is just not knowing how or when or why you know to take a smart risk.
2: Right, right. So of course, one of the things about risk is that you don't you you need to figure out the how, but you're never and you need to figure out the why, but you're not gonna really know the when and the if and the that's the definition of risk, right? In some sense, so uh, going beyond those boundaries is willing to sort of. Um, let go of some of those expectations so that um, and again, you could talk about it in a you know minute, small incremental ways, or you can talk about it, just leaving your you know whatever corporate job and founding a startup, right? You, you have all those in, in, in the mix. For me, I think that it's um, uh, the one thing I learned is that I don't like doing these things alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like doing when a group of people or at least a partner, Uh, and that uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not healthy or helpful for me, you know, for it to just spin around in my head. I'm a social person. And the idea of my ideas improving by being in partnership and benefiting from other person people's ideas is is, that's just my MO. And I, I know that I've known that for a long time. And I think that's, I think it's an important thing to know at the outset about yourself, all right? It's like, yeah, for whatever reason, do I have have to forge and do this alone? And now we know ultimately, for example, whatever those changes are going to be, you're going to need other people. So it's good to know that. But how much of that you want to rely on in terms of another person? I, I, you know, in the days of like the old days of angel investing, you know, and and still these days, and you get too many advisors, and everybody has an opinion, and you know the, <laughs> um, uh, you know you could die from all that low hanging okay. advice, and so you know, so one of the measurements always, of course, in angel investing was the the degree of tenacity. Tenacity is a good word, I think. Okay, and so what, you know, there are the people who are not going to take no for an answer.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. I, I think that's an important characteristic of a successful founder mm-hmm. in a uh, um, male or female, sure. um, you know, has different characteristics just historically and contextually and how that stuff gets presented and funded. And we know that all that, but, well, we don't know all that, but whatever it's, it's, it's got its own uh, structure obviously and, and uh, weaknesses. So, but but I do think that that's, you know, like I've never, I have raised capital on things I've been involved with, but in terms of running business, I'm, you know, I'm an old-fashioned like, uh, you know, I like revenue kind of person, okay, <laughs> uh, because it's too much risk almost to not have that, mm-hmm. Okay. It's just, you know, um, it's all that future value stuff. That Again, and uh, you know, I do angel investing. I've done it. I've invested in things. It's not that I haven't participated in that. But in terms of my own role in that, I, I just, you know, the burden of that is just, it's, uh, uh, you know, I just, I, it's not for me. I yeah. know. Okay. Again, I might do it with, a, and I have done it actually with a team of people where it's buffered and it's, but we, we've funded it ourselves. We haven't raised money from the outside. Uh, and it's a huge, uh, you know, this is a company I co-founded called Litmus Health. And we we uh, early on understood the, the value of of gathering data at the point of experience. So we work with pharmas and academicians to gather data on our plat- proprietary platform. You know, it's it's obviously... Normalized all the stuff that happens. Some people want it in a more raw form. Other people want the analyses, all of that. But just it's it's not incidental it's how you collect all that data, and with you know a, 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 a patient-reported outcomes coupled with passively collected data. So you put those things together, data, data, data. But and in, and in, in we this is a company that um, I and my co-founders have have funded, and we haven't taken outside capital. I and I you know it just the weight of that it to me is like so disproportionate but that's me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, if I lose my own money I feel much better than if I lose somebody else's money right so uh right. other people have a, a risk profile that you know um and and a sufficient uh the tenacity and the belief in themselves or whatever it might be so there's a lot of that obviously in terms of changing jobs and what you do next you know I uh, I think that one of the things that's really hard is to figure out, like, ha- the environment that you're in from which you want to make a change, uh, whether that's within the organization or outside, is, again, how what what is really happening inside, all right? Is it something that's an old, it, you know, old structure, so on? They purport to want change, but they just don't know how to do it, okay? And it's, they're, it's so ingrained in their culture not to do it that it's going to take a generation before you have a more, these models are really embraced and they're always subject to such strong economic forces. So, you know, we see that with DEI. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, first, I mean, last in first out. Right. Right. <laughs> and that's what we're totally. seeing when it comes totally. to that. Yeah. And um, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, really, it's not a it's not a culture. it's not in a so I think as people assess making changes, it's a lot of um what is the culture? what is the 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 environment in which I would be doing what it is that moves me? Right. And I think it's really important again, it it depends on your tolerance for static and how much you're willing to, you know, um, things obviously happen much more quickly in my nonprofit than at the Rockefeller Foundation. Okay, where there are so many stakeholders and analyses, and again, all of which are designed to protect against risk. Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's sort of a, uh, it's kind of a simple, simplistic, obviously way to to view the world. But I do think that sometimes it's such a human driver. All right, it's people's tolerance for uncertainty, (laughs) which is really a risk assessment. Right. Right. So, uh, and for me, again, I, I learned a long time ago that. I, li- I like doing it this way. Yeah. Then, and and you know, no doubt. I mean, there were years when I ran this business, and, uh, and and you know, I I could do my life, and I would had small children, and um, you know, the the headhunters would come, and the search firms would come. You don't you want to go to work, Microsoft? You can make my blah, blah 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 blah. And then I would look and I'd go, yeah. And then I'd really never see my children. And you know, I could visit them in rehab when they're 15 because I was you know traveling around and wasn't there. So that was a that was a personal decision that um, made you know um, my own life circumstance or whatever. So again, I it's that balance of what you can tolerate mm-hmm. and a real life circumstance that you live in and and to to kind of weave those together in a way that um, makes you lifts you rather than, Pulls you down. Yeah. Uh, it's so personal. So deeply. It personal is. It is. And it
1: takes, I mean, it's, and that's part of like part of the, what happens in our program is, um, women actually like dedicate the time to this because it, it mm-hmm. takes time, right? Like it's a journey like we've been talking about and we're so often the last person on our own list, right? And so like even just like we, like, you know, it's an hour and a half every week for 12 weeks for some and um, they describe it as self-care, right? Which is like, there's, so it's a comment on how we take care of ourselves. But it's also just like, it's it's time for me where I'm really thinking about, like I'm thinking deeply about what what matters to me? What do I want? You know, what do I want to be associated with? What's the environment, all of those factors. And then in a reflective pool with, you know, similarly situated like-minded people or similarly ambitious, maybe not like-minded, but um, but it's, I think that that's a piece that that often gets missed in the optimization, to use your word, right, <laughs> is mm-hmm. that, like, you actually have to, like, a key, yes, there's data that can inform, but there's the process that goes along with it is also is just as valuable, right? You're not going to get the answer right. from the data. You're going to get some some insight and some information, right? And then you got to come right. to a conclusion.
2: And, and it, it perhaps gives, gives parameters to the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, in yeah. some way, and obviously informs it, and but but yeah, um, and and I also think you know one has to respect the life stage where they're at, how, sure. you know, the pressures of childbirth re- and all of that, and even though we have the tools, we're still an ideal model of how you how all that goes down, and um, and I think that's pretty global, relatively global, obviously okay. at different ages and with different you know degrees of oppression or whatever You know there's certainly in other societies that we we know and are you know can't be compared to the United States but um, uh, but yeah I, I do think that it's it's uh, you know it's it's such a chicken and a an egg because it's a way to learn to respect yourself and that you need your to respect yourself to yeah. come to these you know to have the ability to have this discourse with yourself right and so right. it's very challenging and and i guess that's part of why i am saying and emphasizing that it really matters the culture in which it's happening because you you know we know women i mean you know that glass ceiling means something you keep hitting it you keep hitting it you keep hitting it all right and uh, certainly a disproportionate number of women have gone out of the workforce before they broke it and right. so it's it's um so i think that part of this this combination of feeling like that is a subtext or, or kind of, uh, un, you know, it's like, it's like it's on the floor somehow. Mm-hmm. And yet, raising a generation of women who feel they can do anything, yep. which is awesome, all right. And right. Is finally, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, then the rubber meets the road when it's like, yeah, you know, how, what, what, what degree of struggle is it going to be to make a change here? right or, or and change not change change for the sake of change but change to make it a workplace where i want to be where my yeah. ideas are heard and my my progression is recognized and my my uh self-care and and wellness are are considered part of the equation yeah and and again <laughs> the world's best retention strategies totally, it, totally. it's like well oh, it
1: on that note, I'd love to know like how do you how do you take care of yourself? How do you stay grounded?
2: <laughs> well, as my family will tell you, and I I, I talk the talk with, and I do the walk, but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think that's always true. But I think i as I think that I, this is for me again, and this is at my life stage and with grown children and so on. I think you spend uh, for working moms again, this or people who don't have children and then dedicate you know, 10,000% to their career, that it it's the idea of just being able to turn it off for a little while, okay? I mean, i if somebody asked me for a visual, I'd say that more often than not, and they're on weeks for this, and obviously, where I feel like I'm a ball in a pinball machine, okay? It's like, it just like you go here and then go there and you, go, and you never quite get to the <laughs> you know to the exit and so and and I think I know it I mean it's, it's not specific to me it's most women I know and so I, I think that as I've gotten older that I think more about again, not to sound trite, but kind of being present, that understanding yeah. that the outcomes are going to happen sequentially anyway, okay? doesn't mean I shouldn't think about things dynamically, but it does mean that it should just get turned off sometimes, or it should be, I should have an assessment at that moment. This is not something I can decide, so let's push it aside for the moment. Let's focus on the three things I can make happen now or Make And make happen doesn't mean that I achieve a goal, but uh, that I can advance something, right, that has 40 steps to it, whatever it might be, but that I can. And so I'm trying really hard to do that. And it's not, it, you know, it's not the way I've lived for the last, for decades. I mean, again, a, a business owner, working mom, absent husband, who's, you know, in the film industry, two daughters. It's like, it's not, um it, 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 uh, you know I, it, sometimes I say I feel like I was a single mom without all the Bennies that come with being a single mom right <laughs> I think there's a lot of women who yeah. are you know um uh, again don't don't the burden is on them whether it's recognized and understood or not and so I think that's really really hard and it if you do that for enough years it's it's hard to uh to take it back and so i I think that for me when I think about it now it's about uh, Ironically, without being less effective, how do I narrow it a little bit so that it's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I have the chance to be present rather than everything I'm doing, I'm thinking about the next thing. Yep. You know, awesome. I, I mean, when I have children, one of the first things I said was that the to me the thing about having a career and having children is that wherever you are, you always think you should be someplace else.
0: Totally. <laughs> totally. Right. Yes.
2: I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah.
1: So, it's, it's all yeah. I, I, all of this is practice, right? Like we, we just yeah. It's
2: really and and again, I'm I'm late to the game, but I really it's you know it's not going to change the other thing, and all it right. does is make you you know yeah um, not necessarily less efficient, but less you know it's not nurturing to you in that's any way. Right. It's just nurturing. depleting, and so yeah. um that's you know I, I want to stop feeling like I should always. Be thinking of something else.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
1: uh, it's, it's a practice.
2: You're. you're yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And Absolutely. yeah, take,
2: take some grace In every possible way. Yep.
1: Totally. Totally. Okay. Um. Well, I know we're close to time. I want to ask you our lightning round ke- uh, questions, and then I want to share an idea with you, and maybe we can set up some more time because I think okay. it could be an interesting project for one of your students, or maybe uh, maybe for us together. But um, okay. Okay, so lightning round. Tell me about a book, or just tell me the book that has greatly influenced you.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Oh well, I mean, I I spent 25 years in a reading group, so I read a lot of fiction. I'm Mm -hmm. always, um, I think, uh, I have been influenced a lot by books that I've loved. I mean, I love *Beloved* by Mm -hmm. Toni Morrison. I just think it's, it's, um, you know, it enhanced my understanding of human beings profoundly mm-hmm. let's say so i don't know that i have a single book i have many books that i love um and um, um uh, and i like i like reading writers from other places because i think that that's a lot of us uh, to not be narrow and understand how other people live so but i i can't say it, you know this was my business mantra no i, I don't have that so okay cool <laughs>
1: um do you have a favorite quote or inspirational
2: saying um, <laughs> um, I, I have had a few, um, and, um, but I'm not, a, I, I would feel disingenuous saying something right now because I, I don't really, I don't, yeah. I don't want, I mean, I think it's, you know, I could probably take from four different people and put it together and then it would be my mantra, but it's, not, you, you know, I, and I also, and I think that's transitory. Honestly, I think it's, you know, it changes over sometimes by the moment. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: totally. Totally. Right. So. Um, do you have a moniker or a phrase that you used to describe yourself?
2: Um, uh, <laughs> uh, well, actually, it's interesting because to your point, I think that one of the things about going through these journeys and these practices is to have that for yourself. Okay. And so uh um you know, I I I I don't have a moniker per se. I know there are characteristics about myself that I believe and trust. I mean I'm, i believe I'm come from kindness and generosity. And that is um just what matters to me. It's what makes the getting up worthwhile. And so that that I guess I don't know if you want to call it a moniker, but that's that's where it comes from. That's great. That's great.
1: Um what is one change that you've
2: Made that made your life better. <laughs> um, uh, 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 hiring, <laughs> uh, hiring a trainer. Oh, cool! Excellent, absolutely made my life better. Awesome, um, awesome. No question about it. And partly because I have a great trainer, who yeah. you know I expect I'll be married to for the rest of my life. So, um, <laughs> in some form or another, but you know, just brings a lot of knowledge and variety of approach that often is so well it's it's like it's not rigid so it comes like from where i'm at rather than these are the outcomes or you know we're going from five to ten pounds and by the end of the month you'll be at 15 i mean that's it's like not like that and i appreciate that so again, always the goal is to get stronger feel stronger more self you know maintain self-sufficiency etc but um yeah I'd say that's probably the most important thing. Uh, yeah. My mother always used to say when I was young, she always said, you can't, you know, you can't take care of other people. If you don't take care of yourself, you know, it's like the, the air thing on you before you. Right. Yeah. And I, she said my whole childhood, she said that. And it was like, maybe she said it too much. So I <laughs> but um, it is, it is interestingly again, now something that my adult, daughters like remind me that my mother used to
0: say oh, that's funny.
1: Yeah, full circle.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um what about a power song that if you were a professional athlete or just coming on stage, what song would you want to be
2: playing? Uh, oh, 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 what were we singing last night? Oh crap, it was just great. Um oh God I'm having a moment. And I thought about it and then I thought, yeah, I'm gonna share that with you. Um you know we are family
0: (laughs) yes that's such an excellent song i love it
2: that's awesome so um i mean you know just if you can dance to it it works totally totally agree right
1: well (laughs) thank you so much this has been such a treat to get to know you yeah i really appreciate your perspective
0: thank you for joining us for this episode of the beyond barriers podcast There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend or share what you've learned on LinkedIn and tag us. We love hearing from our audience. Visit us at gobeyondbarriers.com where you can subscribe and find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests.